who, who is ever going to teach them about this? Um, maybe Cammie can speak to it. I don't know whoever gave her Snapchat lessons or Twitter lessons. It's probably something that she saw her friends doing, saw other people doing, and that's how she learned how to go about it. So having the adults not necessarily ruin it for the kids, which I think is why they have gone from Facebook to Twitter to Snapchat. They're trying to get away. Have them say, you know, here's, here's some powerful ways you can use this. Right. This is the sound of Biomedia. Hey everyone, uh, welcome here today to the Sound of Fio Media podcast and the Fio Media blog. I'm here today with Adam Burns and his student, Cami. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Adam and Cami. Uh, really excited to talk to you guys. Um, why don't you just give quick introductions, Adam, tell them what you do, and Cami, you as well, and then uh, I'll get into a little bit about how we actually connected. Sounds good. Um, well, I'm Adam Burns. I teach at Troy Athens High School. I teach uh, the video class, hours one, two, and three, and then I do creative content uh, for the Troy School District the rest of the day. And um, I've been doing this, uh, this particular class about 10 years, and it's my first year in the creative content position, and I'm really enjoying it because it's allowed me to get uh, to work even more closely with students like, like Cammie here. Um, I'm Cami Wade. I'm a senior at Troy Athens. I will be going to school for production and directing a film, and I've loved this year really getting my hands on for social media um, video purposes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Like I said, uh, pleasure to have you guys on. Uh, looking forward to jumping into this conversation. So I'll give a little overview of how I kind of connected with you, Adam. So I, I think it's pretty interesting, and it's a pretty good representation of kind of the power of the internet. Um, so, you know, a couple weeks back, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, why students aren't necessarily in encouraged to use social media. You know, I have a couple of friends who are teachers um, and, you know, they have private social medias for themselves or maybe they have a teacher account um, and a private account separate or they just keep their personal account private. Don't let any of their teach uh, other students kind of friend them or anything. Um, you know, and it's because of that stigma that there are some isolated cases where um, this has led to some wrongdoing, right? You know, students having interactions with teachers outside of school uh, has in the past led, like we said, in, in certain situations to, to wrongdoing. Um, however, you know, I think that, you know, if students were kind of fully encouraged to use social media and interact with their teachers online, that it could have an amazing impact on those students can teach them a lot about the world they're getting ready to enter into. Um, there's a lot of potential for them also to just learn and use this as a career building device. Um, so I was kind of thinking about that and, you know, I, I kind of just searched, I was like, I wonder if there's anyone out there who's really, you know, wholeheartedly, um, you know, pushing this, this philosophies forward. So I think I Googled something just like social media use in school, something like that. First link that popped up was a blog written by yourself um, where you kind of just talk about and hit on all these points. Um, and I, I think I just found you on LinkedIn, reached out to you, and, and then, you know, we set this up and, and now here we are talking uh, about the topic. So I think it's really cool that, A, that, you know, social media is something that you believe in and something that you help um, your students learn and help your students use to, to grow and learn new things. Um, as well as it's the way that we connected here. You know, the power of the internet is that 
anybody in any anywhere in the world is kind of just a click or a search of the way uh, or search away right so you're in Michigan I'm in New Jersey um, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I wasn't able to find you through the internet. so a lot of cool points there but you know maybe you want to touch on a few yeah. things I mean absolutely like this this whole setup we've got never never happens I mean definitely not like 10 12 years ago I mean maybe even two three years ago yeah um, I was actually on my honeymoon in Hawaii when I got the call to interview for this job and it was about 2.30 in the morning, but I was awake because we were flying to a different island at about 4.30 in the morning. And on the way to the airport, I saw this huge line outside Best Buy, uh, which I guess I'll never forget now because it was the line for the first iPhone. And like, why would anyone want that phone? You know, I, I got my little flip phone here. But uh, I, I've never known education without that kind of technology. Yeah. When I was in college, I remember my uh, senior year, my friends and I were all anxiously waiting for Facebook to come to our campus because yeah. back when you needed the college email to sign up and it was such a big deal when you got there and it was just a place really to look at pictures of your friends. Um, yeah. So I've been lucky to just kind of, it's, it's, I feel like it's all about timing for me. I've, I've kind of grown with these things. So in you know, 08, 09 when, when Twitter's new, it, it was never that alien to me. It was something that was out there that we should try to use and that the article you were talking about was about Snapchat. Um, yeah. I use Snapchat in the classroom on a regular basis. I maybe tried it for two or three days and just kind of had some fun with it and that was about it. But um, it's what the kids use, you know? First it was Facebook and then it was Twitter and now it's Snapchat and who, who knows what's going to be next. But like you were saying, it, it only takes like one story in each of those to kind of ruin it for everything yeah. and you know it, it just heightens heightens everyone's alert about it. it's like why my kids can't play outside by themselves they have to be monitored because right. might happen and you know you actually look at the odds of it it's just not going to happen and i feel like you you pass up a lot of good opportunity to maximize it um on the one hand if if you're just saying no we're going to ignore this we're going to block it at the school on the other hand who, who is ever going to teach them about this? Um, maybe Cammie can speak to it. I don't know whoever gave her Snapchat lessons or Twitter lessons. It's probably something that she saw her friends doing, saw other people doing, and that's how she learned how to go about it. So having the adults not necessarily ruin it for the kids, which I think is why they have gone from Facebook to Twitter to Snapchat. They're trying to get away. Have them say, you know, here's, here's some powerful ways you can use this. Right. Yeah, I actually wasn't allowed to have a Snapchat until I was 15 because my parents read an article about all the bad things that happen and nothing's good where things can disappear. And so I was behind all my friends when I got Snapchat. And the same thing with Twitter. People will make tweets about how when you first come on Twitter, like nothing makes sense. You can't figure out how to tweet or save something. You accidentally retweet something. Um but once you get the hang of it, it's just kind of an everyday thing. And I use it to communicate with my friends. And I've used social media to communicate with my teachers. And that's how I can communicate with them outside of school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, these isolated cases, they end up being really influential, which is a shame uh, because I think you bring up a really good point. You know, nobody teaches these kids how to use social media. When they go home uh, after school, they're kind of in this unmonitored world where, most of their influence is coming from people on the platform and their friends. So if they're getting bullied at school, then they go home or getting bullied by the same people, right? Um, but the difference is that in school, you have the teachers, the principals, you know, security guards to kind of monitor what goes on. 
when you go back home on these platforms now, there's really that monitor, monitoring doesn't exist. Um, so I think it's important that those platforms have these monitors, whether or not it's Facebook doing it or, you know, someone like yourself, you know, a teacher, a positive influence in these young kids' lives. I think that be, would be really influential, you know. I mean, you know, let's say, you know, I'm a student, I go home and instead of scrolling down my feed, I seeing, you know, kids who are, you know, learning about the world, developing, they don't necessarily know how they're supposed to express themselves. They don't even really know who they truly are yet. A lot of the behavior on there is phony or is them trying to portray something that they're really not yet. Um, but someone like yourself takes a much different perspective on that platform, takes an, an adult perspective on that platform and can be a really positive influence. So instead of scrolling by and seeing their friends and these things that might really make their experience pretty difficult growing up, right? Um, you know, they see your content, um, which might change the way they view social media. They might view it as an opportunity or just might be that little bit of extra influence they needed to get on the right path. Right. Yeah, it, it just comes down to, it, no one shows them how to do it, you know? And I, I think there's so much positive uh, power that, that can happen with social media. Um, I know I, I, you discovered me thanks to social media. I know she's been discovered in video things thanks to social media. And it's, it all comes down to, is anyone ever gonna tell them to do this? Like the, one of the jobs that the kids wanna have now is they want, they want to be an influencer right. so they can live the great life. And um, I don't know how competitive that job field is, but uh, you actually can, you know, but you don't just do it by, you know, there, there's ways you gotta understand how to use it. And they, they don't really get that anywhere. Um, if they seek it out on their own, they can, but I think school is such a good opportunity, um, even like an English class, like, kids don't really read a ton of books anymore. You know, I, I'm sure some do, but they're, they, they're still reading a lot. It's just a different kind of reading. They're reading social media stuff. And mm -hmm. if you're an English teacher, then maybe you should consider, all right, well, I got to take at least a look at what they're doing and see if I can help them along with it, make it more powerful. Um, it's, it's probably more likely that a tweet is going to have an impact on their life than say the great Gatsby and I love the great Gatsby, but it's, I'm not using it every day. You know, Twitter's every single day. Um, yesterday I was scrolling through my Twitter feed and there was a teacher at Athens that made every kid in his class tweet a quote from Hamlet. So my whole Twitter feed was kids uh, quoting Hamlet. And I thought that that was really interesting that he like made them all tweet it. Cause then everyone saw it and everyone knew it was for English class, but it was still interesting to connect. Hamlet to Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, just an example of how, you know, you're going back and you're seeing something that probably is a pretty good, what you should be seeing uh, in your day to day instead of, you know, whatever else can potentially go on, on those platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So you're, you're talking a little bit about like English class. Why don't you kind of talk a little bit about what you're doing in your classes and how you're kind of bringing social media and just kind of, technology into the classroom and into the lives of these students? Yeah, so um, I only teach video now, but back in 
I guess back when Twitter was really hot for the kids, like I feel like it's, it's used to wish happy birthday now and that's about it. Or maybe retweet things. No one really shares their individual thoughts anymore. Um, but so it's been like maybe 2011, 12, 13, I would use it in class. Like, and you see it on some of these like uh, chats on Twitter, like Ed, hashtag Ed chats, a big one or where, in class, I would just try, we'd be having our regular discussion, but I also have the questions posted on, um, on, on my Twitter with the hashtag. So then if you're a quiet kid in the corner, probably like I was when I was in high school, I can still join the discussion and I would have it on our, uh, on our smart board, like a projection. And it's just kind of a live feed running. So she might be responding in class while some kids responding there. And it's just a chance for everyone to get more ideas out. Um, that, that worked pretty well for a while. And then I think no one just wanted it on their Twitter feed anymore. It became uncool to have that in your timeline. So that's where I guess I needed to develop like the Snapchat version. Cause that just disappears and they'd be cool with it. Um, and I, just ways like that, you know, you're always looking for things. To me, it was a way to take, uh, we, have, we have the six C's is what we really focus on, try to, like creativity and um, citizenship, collaboration. Um, collaboration. It's that collaboration one that I think social media can be really powerful with. Because like Cammie said earlier, you know, you, you can still communicate with your teachers outside of the classroom. They're only here for 55 minutes. And when, we're, when she has a project going, like we're in pretty constant communication like having questions, ideas, just back and forth. And it's, it's really helpful. Like if we didn't have that, you like are starting right where you left off the day before when you come into class rather than it can advance. And it's, it's just vital in terms of that. So you feel like, not, not that I always want to be in communication with the students, but it's always possible. Like if you have an idea, you can bounce it off from real quick. You can pose a question. Um, that's what it's been the best for, at least in terms of teaching. And then like this year, I think we got a lot more into the, the collaborative, that's the collaborative nature of social media. And um, it just happened with things well, like I never would have intended for that blog, like just some guy at this conference, he heard our, my friend and I, we did a talk on Snapchat and why you should use it. And he just approached us afterwards, the old school way, I guess, and say, hey, would you write a blog? And I said, sure. And I wrote and then I kind of forgot about it. It's, I think it's been a couple of years. Um, but it's, it's really great in, in a video class that you, you produce something that is meant to be shared and now you have all these perfect avenues of, of sharing it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our videos, we try to keep it two minutes and 20 seconds or under so they can go on Twitter like in their full length because we were finding that if you put the YouTube link in there, like no one clicks on it, right. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a pain. But, um, and I can let her talk about it, but things like Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Film Freeway, which is like this, uh, it's for film festivals. There's all these great spots to get your work and you just kind of shove it out there and, and people discover it like they discovered Cami. Yeah, um, I've used Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook for pretty much all of my video and act like needs when I need to share anything. I could share a video and instantly like 150 people see it on Facebook or 500 people see it on Instagram or and then the second someone retweets it or reposts it all of a sudden all of their followers see it mm -hmm. so with all my videos it one of my videos got like 3,000 views on Twitter which was amazing and I had a whole bunch of people commenting on it which I would have never gotten a chance to get if I had just posted it in one place or just kept it in one folder 
Um, so that was a really, really cool experience. And I use it for pretty much anything else. If I need to get, if I need to share an event that's happening or I need to share that something else is happening, you can easily 30 seconds and all of a sudden everybody that you need to know knows what you need to know. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll say for her, cause she probably won't like she, she gets offers from this stuff like Fox news or she does a lot of cheerleading videos, like other cheer pro will see it. And like, it's, it's almost like a business now. And that doesn't, I probably had kids who are talented like she is, but they either didn't have the will or even the access to these things. So it's not out there. And it's like, it's a hard field to be in if you can't find an audience to share it with. Um, so that, that for me, this is the first year I've really seen that in action. And it's been really cool. Like we're, we'll just get messages from people or she'll say like, Oh, I, I'll never forget the Fox news one. Cause there was this <laughs> documentary she worked on and, it was just the trailer but or like somehow the guy that she that somehow somehow the connection was made and like you're you're never gonna send an email at least from my perspective a student is never gonna send an email to Fox News and say hey can I send you some video you know you, you have to show it to them up front mm-hmm. and that's where really this year social media has just um, like I, I really see the power of it now and I'm encouraging every student to to put their reels together to get like a website make a new Instagram thing to get your stuff on there. If, if this is what you want to go into, um, just, you just had so much success with it. And um, it, it's, it's kind of been cool that we just had all of our, like our state competitions and she did really well, but usually that's, that feels like the, the top of the mountain for us. And honestly, like it was great, but all that other stuff leading up to it was cool. Cause we'd never experienced that when it was all cause of these different social media ways that we could get it out there. Yeah. They yeah. saw, the video of my documentary on a YouTube link that was on Twitter and somehow I got to the right person and I woke up and checked my email and it said Fox News and I was like what is this for and I opened it and they asked if they could license part of my video and um, use it for like the New York uh, Fox News thing and I sent it straight to Burns because I was able to send it to him and um, it was yeah it was a really great moment. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and I guess that moment doesn't exist without social media. So congratulations, Cammie. That That's super cool. Um, I think that just, just speaks to kind of, um, you know, what you're doing inside of your classroom, how real it is, and how it really is a real-life application. Um, you talked about how students are wanting to be an influencer as a career. Um, and, you know, this this is, I think, the way we're going to see over the next couple of years and maybe even right now how things are changing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the general path to become a video producer in, let's say, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago was, you know, take a video class in high school, you like it, none of that's going to get you anywhere, you're just building some basic skills, then you go to college, where then you can maybe get into a job to get into, you know, a big production company, a uh, big media company. Uh, and that, that's a pretty unlikely track. Yeah. Now, you know, you're actually empowering students to say, hey, why not start now? I know you're only, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, but, you know, you can use social media to start getting some publicity around your content. If it's good enough, you know, Cammy, you, know, you made the decision to go to college, which is awesome. Um, maybe you could have maybe just said, you know, I just want to start my video career now. And, you know, that's, Social media gives you the opportunity to do that. 
you know, nothing against college education. I went to college. I learned a lot of great skills. I learned how to think analytically, uh, be a little bit more open-minded. And I think, you know, it was worth it. Um, but I just think it's really, really cool how those opportunities are there. You know, if, if you really did want to pursue this, Cammy, you know, as an 18-year-old, you could do it right now. Uh, you can keep making videos, keep posting them online, and, and who knows, you know, what path that might take you down. So yeah. I think it's just really cool that that opportunity is there and that you're embracing it and saying to kids, you know, why not just start now? Why not send it out here? I know we talked about that last time, right? It can't hurt just to put it up there. Who knows who might see it? Um, so I just, I just find it really interesting that those opportunities exist. And I also find it kind of troubling that more people aren't taking advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, I think the, the education world, and I, I think it's moving in the right direction, but it, it hasn't really caught up yet. Um, like, like you're talking about Cammy, like she, she probably doesn't have to go to college if she, like she could, I'm sure she could do it, but we're still kind of stuck in that dude. You know, it's kind of what everyone does. And I don't think you really need the, the credential anymore of, of that degree. You know, it's the, the world now, I really think since social media is kind of like the harbinger of it is it's all about what you've done or what you can do. And I think you're going to see a lot more in education in the coming years, a much stronger emphasis on people who, who can produce, who can, who can do stuff. Um, I have a kid and graduated three years, two, three years ago, and he, just, he went to film school in Chicago, and he just dropped out to go on tour with, with Lil Pump, who I guess is a rapper, but I would, I, I would see these videos he made on Instagram. It's like, man, he's, and he was already going on tour with these people, and I would show some of the kids, and they'd be like, that's someone I've never heard of. I'm like, well, that's what he does, and he finally, finally hit the point where it's like, he, what's the point of staying in school? And um, Cammy was just... I, I'm getting to brag. This is great. <laughs> she was just named the, she's like the best video student in the state, right? The Michigan Interscholastic Press Association named her to, to the all MIPA team. And I remember when we were putting this together, like I was, I was kind of nervous because you look at the people that have come in the past and there are people that have been in the class, their class for like three years, right? The difference that she had is like, I mean, she'd been in the class for six, six months or so. And her portfolio is just, here's everything that I've done and kind of like door closed, case closed. It's just all there. Like, and I was, I was nervous. I was nervous the day of like, I really hope she gets this because we've never had this. It'd be great. And then I, I don't think I had anything to be nervous about. Like it was all like, no one could argue with it. It's just, you know, you could, you can say things or, and I, I think her portfolio was like very minimal. It was more or less, here's my video links. And like, there it is, you know, yeah. it, you don't, a degree is never gonna never gonna say that right but and like you're saying I don't think people just graduate college and someone's magically waiting there for them that once you show the degree you get the job it's all what can you do and it's it's gonna I'm glad I teach video because this stuff really naturally fits into all the social media but if I was still teaching like English or history I would really have to be looking for ways to have the kids find things that they could produce. And I don't just mean like the, the 10 minute PowerPoint about some event in history, like something that they can go out to the community and say, this, this is what I can do with this. And I think that's the way you're going to see it headed. And that's a very good thing. I, I see a lot more just in our district, but we can just get everyone there. Cause I'm sure she can speak to this. The kids, the kids, aren't much different than you and I, right? We would be bored by that. We expect 
right, give me something, you know, they, and maybe it is because of the phone or what, but you, you don't have their attention for, for as long anymore. Like you kind of do have to perform every day and keep them interested. That That's your new job. They're, they're going to show up with access to all the knowledge in the world at their fingertips in a history class. So are you going to go lecture them on knowledge in the world? I mean, it used to be the person in front of the class knew the most of anyone in the room. That might still be the case, but the playing field's a lot more equal now and it has to become more, what, what do you do with that knowledge? Yeah. So where do you think the actual classroom experience is going and, and what, what should it look like? You know, what, what should that 55 minutes take advantage of, you know? Yeah if these kids do have access to all that information. Um, well, if I was going to be a true, if it could be as radical as I want, it, it wouldn't even be 55 minutes anymore. Um, I think two big changes that should happen is one, that the school day shouldn't look a lot like it does. It shouldn't be, you know, the bell rings six times and, and you go to those classes. Um, I think the schools that do it more like a block period of time have it a little bit more right, provided they're, they're, the kids are able to use that time to work on more things. Um, and, and I even think the school year, like we have two semesters and then the finals, I, I, would, I would do something different there. I, I, think, I, I think you need some kind of like project term. Um, and what I mean by that is like, let's say our semesters ended in at the May 1st, like, or like today. Um, and so from now till mid-June, like either – you know, push them more to do something individualized that they have to produce something mm. towards the end, like a capstone or mm. uh, just, just something that they're interested in, you know, pra practical skill-based classes or rather than, um, rather than like just a history, American history, maybe just focus on events in history that you know really well. Like her documentary was on this unit from Michigan in World War One. Maybe just teach a class about that particular unit and then like she did try try to tell their story look look more into it um you just have to get them doing more things i know in our middle schools they do something called a flipped classroom which is basically like you do all the work outside and then when you come in they're there to help which i kind of like because i think the asset that i i'm becoming is all right i i maybe maybe i'm not here to share all the knowledge anymore but i feel like i'm here here to help right mm -hmm. and the way I used to teach editing in class, and it was never good, but like, because we only had five or six computers, but I try to roll them all in, and I like, here's all the things you might come across. Now, I, I don't really teach them anymore. I say there's YouTube videos if you need to know. Otherwise, just figure it out on your own. If you need to something, I can show you directly right here at this time. Right. It's just, um, and it's hard because people are very regimented in what they've been doing year after year, and I think the best um, learning you ever do in becoming a teacher is just going to school so you're probably going to do what you saw your teachers doing so the change is going to come slow but you know the more people we can get trying to do this type of thing the better yeah. what, what would you want school to look like uh, well i personally learned more about world war one in my documentary than i learned in four weeks of sitting getting lectured on for world war one mm -hmm. i talked about the polar bears for i think like three days and then I spent always well, like two months working on a documentary and I when I heard it in class I was like oh cool there's a monument a mile down the road okay next and then when I really got into the documentary I found it fat like 
oh, it was amazing to learn the actual real raw history of World War One and how this small group that no one really ever talks about got sent to Russia. And I got to talk to people who knew some of the polar bears and saw some of their uniforms and the guns. And it was just fascinating to me. And every time that I've gotten a chance to go out and use uh video as a way to learn I've learned so much more and even with the classes like right now in AP psychology I can look around the room and half the kids are sleeping half the kids are on their phones because the teacher's just lecturing and then we all go home and there's online flashcards there's crash courses videos there's you can just text your friends everyone has group chats there are so many other ways to learn that when we come to the classroom, we're like, okay, we can do this later. We go home and self-teach ourselves and come back the next day and we're fine. Mm. So it's almost like the time in the classroom isn't used for what this uh, school system wants us to be learning. Like during the time, we pretty much just use it as like a blow off or we use it to do other homework or do our homework because we don't want to go home and have to do it. So like that's pretty much, and we can always teach ourselves right after school. We just go home, open a computer and like Bern said, we have the whole world and everything at our fingertips. Right. So it's a lot like that. Right. So basically just using that class time to either dive deep on an idea that you're really passionate about or just maybe just get some work done there. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what would you think about just using that to like have discussion um, instead of like more lecture, but hey, what do you think about these ideas and then bringing that to the table? Is that something that? Yeah. I love like the communication. I love sitting around and talking to people. A lot of the things that are something that I think my generation does struggle with is like face-to-face -face communication. Mm. And uh, because we have pretty much grown up with a phone being in front of our faces, it's the easiest way to communicate with people in our generation that we've learned. So, uh, but we can do all the technology stuff after school but being able to sit down and actually have a discussion with the teacher or professor or other students instead of just sitting there being quiet and listening while the teacher reading off the slides that we can go home because those slides are online somewhere. It's, I learned so much more from discussions. In my English class, we don't really ever open up a book, but uh, my teacher will throw out something and we'll all have a discussion about it. And that's how a lot of kids learn is by remembering, oh, we talked about that one day because I related it to this instead of sitting there looking at a screen. So yeah, discussions are a lot more helpful, especially in today's world where everything can be good by anybody. It's a good point about like the face-to-face the -face communication. I Three years ago, I taught uh, 11 AP class and then I had a break and then I taught it last year. And the, the, the quality of the discussion, it, it, it was just gone. Yeah. Like it was just like pulling the worst teeth imaginable to get them to talk. And I, I realized like, God, they, they just, they just don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, they, that's, it's like a, it's like a lost art. So I, we actually had to like spend time, which I never would have thought we'd have to do that. Here's how we have a discussion. And it's, it's just one of those things that's changed. I was asking the same questions or we're talking about the same things that I think are pretty provocative pieces of writing. And it's just, I don't know, like, you don't know. What? And then it's just like, oh, uh, we, we got to figure this out quick. Right. And like she's saying, you know, it's, it, I, I think there's a lot of good with the phones, but it has taken away a lot of that interpersonal communication and, 
it's just, it's like, you know, we talk about adapting to social media. That's something else we have to adapt to. That's, that's the change that has come along. You have to, there's certain skills that they used to know that they're not getting. And then these new ones, you got to get them ready for it. It's always changing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's always going to be good and bad that come with any kind of change. Um, but, you know, it's, I guess it's important for school systems to kind of be dynamic and be able to adapt to those changes. Um, I guess I think the most important thing is just to have someone like yourself who's just listening to this feedback, uh, using it to kind of drive forward the curriculum, drive forward your, the way you're teaching things. Um, I remember we talked last time, we were talking about how uh, when you first started teaching, I think it was the, the podcasting class or the, the creative class, how you, know, you kind of had a set curriculum and then you realize that you know, some projects were gonna take two months and others are gonna take two weeks and you kind of just had to throw it out the window. But, I think the the point to be learned there is that you kind of just reacted to the feedback from the students and the way it was working and made a change on the spot and and it turned out for the better. Um, I I think that's just what's going to have to happen moving forward with education. I mean, I think things are going to start changing even more rapidly than they already are. Um, And I guess it needs to be able to change and and keep up with with those changes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that class for sure, the innovation is like a project-based learning class, and um, it's probably the hardest class I've ever had to teach because was, it was just totally unknown, and that first year, uh, the group said they wanted to try to cure cancer, and I was like, yes, we're going to do it. Good luck, guys. Not surprising that nine months later, nothing had been done, so you really had to like shift your – that was a, just constantly shifting your expectations – and um, it was a class that was really hard to, to grade. Um, all, I think it was all but impossible to grade. I never really figured it out. Um, the way I wish it could be graded, it's like, um, like your, your Madden or your FIFA ratings, you know, where every player's got like their little um, bar graph. And like every, every kid is going to be strong or, or in, in different areas and weak in different areas. And I, I tried to, I even tried to come up with this whole like, game-based grading thing where you had to like level up and stuff and it was way too complicated for me i know at u of m they have like this that's they have like this huge project in their school of education that's all about gaming gaming school and trying to turn it into a game like you got to reach these levels and stuff and it makes a ton of sense um because that's what the kids are used to they're used to like getting badges for things and in terms of like saying i'm like my credential it's nice to say to look at someone's say portfolio and see, oh, they're certified in Microsoft Word, or they know how to do Final Cut for video. They have all these, and uh, or like, like kind of like Boy Scout badges, really. They they can reach these different levels, and I think if we looked at it that way rather than A B, you know, letter grading, it it just makes so much more sense, and it might be harder for the teacher, but I also think it's kind of kind of liberating, really, uh, especially if we can have that discussion, you know. Um, She's in my video class, so I can't. Re- I, I don't see many of her weaknesses, but like if she's not good at math, I feel like her math teacher should be able to say, you know, you, this is what you're not good at. And it's like this totally non-threatening, you're not going to fail, your future's not ruined. Just, this is just the area you need to improve. Focus on this, do this, and you won't. The, the problem is the curriculum is just set up that you just keep moving forward in a steady line no matter what. It's like that. Um, uh, that 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 Lucy show episode, the the vitamin of Edgeman, and it just keeps coming on the conveyor belt, and she like it, it comes at a point where you just get overwhelmed by it all. 
rather than if you could just stop it and say, all right, I need, before I go any further, this has to be addressed. I feel like with math, I fell behind like in seventh grade and then that, was, that was it forever, you know? I don't know if I was sick or I just wasn't paying attention, but now I'm behind it until I can get caught up. And I feel like if you focus more on people's skills and it's, it's just, I, I'm, I'm here to help. You know, I, I, I hate the sense when a student's like, you know, doesn't think I don't like them or that they're like, I, I'm here to help you. And if you want to be helped, that's why I'm here. I, I'm not here to punish you with my grade. It's not punitive in any way. And I guess that's the big change I'd love to see in the system. Something I think is we're capable of doing is change the way we, we are rating or scoring the students and make it a system that is going to help them rather than a system that is going to punish them. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I'm actually not good at math. So, um, and I remember in algebra two, it was so building blocks. So it was unit one, unit two, and they all connected together. If you didn't get a unit and then you just moved on, you wouldn't get the next unit. Mm -hmm. And that is like the grading in our school system is so important to our futures. It's like our SATs where all the students sit down, take the same standardized test. And that number unfortunately defines you when you apply to college and when you apply. And I actually didn't get into my dream school because of my SAT score, but I had all these other things that I couldn't show somebody just on, just on a score. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the GPA and all, there's just all numbers, it's percentages. And it really limits the students who struggle in math, the students who struggle in science or reading, it really limits them to what they believe that they can do. Cause if they, see that they can't pass algebra two or they can't pass regular English class, they're going to see themselves as almost a failure in that subject. And it makes kids not want to try anymore because if I just don't get it and if they're going to keep moving, then I might as well just not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's, it's difficult to come up with a system that really truly can motivate people, but also kind of make sure that you're keeping in check what you need to learn and what you need to improve on. Um, it is a shame that the, the way it works now, there are, only, there are only a few ways to really evaluate where someone's at, right? Their GPA, their SAT score, uh, maybe an essay that they submit to us um, you know, to get into college, right? It, it, is, it, it is limited, and you, I think a lot of very bright kids uh, you know, fall through the cracks, whether because they you know, aren't that great at reading and writing and couldn't get a great SAT score, or because like you said, Cam, you know, they get really uh, unmotivated when they, you know, flunk a math test or something and feel they're a failure. And then that kind of snowballs into everything else they do. So I think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's challenging. Um, you know, it's been the way it is because it, I think it's a very difficult problem to solve. How do you truly evaluate someone's ability uh, to learn? Because, you know, right, that's or ability to be successful. You know, basically what a college has to worry about is if we let this person in, are they going to reflect negatively on our reputation? Are they going to be able to graduate and then get a job so they can pay us back the tuition that uh, they owe us? Right. That, that's kind of what they're looking at when they're looking at you to get in. Um, but it's there's, there's very limited ways to look at that. You know, someone like yourself, like you said, you know, you didn't get the SAT scores you had hoped to get. You know, but they don't realize that, you know, you're, you're on Fox News, your videos on Fox News, and, you know, you're one of the best, you know, videographers in the state of Michigan. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, I would say that they probably, they probably missed that. They, they, they didn't evaluate you correctly. They, they don't see your full potential. Um, 
I think just the important thing is, is that you do realize that, you know, you do have a lot of potential no matter what your SAT scores are. You know, you look at someone like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Gary V, right? You know, he, he put his report card from school or high school up there on social media for everyone to see. He's got D's and F's and, you know, and he, he always knew in the back of his mind, you know, none of that mattered. Um, and, you know, if you look at him now, right, he's a, a multimillionaire. He's got a very successful company, multiple companies. Um, so, you know, what you can learn from that is, is one that, you know, school doesn't necessarily evaluate you truly, doesn't really limit your potential if you do fail those classes. And two is that you got you to gotta believe in yourself always. So, you know, you can't let those things kind of unmotivate you or get you down. Um, and if you keep that positive attitude, I think we'll be able to kind of move forward. But yeah, I think it's, it's a challenging thing to kind of evaluate somebody in a way that really, truly uh, speaks to their potential or their ability to work hard and, and get things done because there's just so many different people out there with different skill sets. And some people start here, some start here, but that doesn't mean that they can't all, you know, reach mm. the full potential. For sure. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, maybe we can we can wrap it up there unless you guys have you know anything else you want to add. But I think um, I think it's been it's been a great conversation, definitely. And I think um, not like I said, it's really important um, to have you know teachers like yourself out there, Adam. Um, I think you know what you're doing, you know, kind of taking an alternate approach, you know, giving these students the freedom to really do things that they're passionate about is super. Just going to be really great. I think. Um, you know, making them realize how real this stuff is, how much of an impact they can make uh, at such a young age is, is important. It's empowering. Uh, it's going to give them that ability to see their potential moving forward. Okay. Uh, just definitely wanted to wish you the best of luck and what you're doing. I think it's really cool that you kind of took that, um, you know, that lesson from your teacher and kind of used it. And, you know, now it's helping you um, get to where you want to be. So I'd encourage you to, you know, keep making video, keep, you know, following your passion, using social media to put your stuff out there. It's such a great tool. Um, great having you on and getting your perspective as well. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. You guys take care. All right. You too. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye.